Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Ward, co-host of The Inner Entrepreneur. Paul and I are continuing our conversation around burnout and how to regain control of your life if you find yourself as a struggling entrepreneur burned out with the life and business that you've built. There's a lot of components that go into burnout. That's why we're doing an entire series on it. But this episode is focusing on control, regaining control of our life, regaining control of our values, learning to set boundaries, learning to identify the things that are non-negotiables in our life, and how to start taking action towards regaining control in our life so that we can remedy that burnout and start to live our highest and fullest version of our life using business as a means to express that vision into the world. So with that being said, let's get into it. Welcome to The Inner Entrepreneur, a place where soul meets strategy and passion meets profit. Success in business is about more than mastering the external. It's an internal game. Ready to play? Hello and welcome everyone. Back again with another episode here. I have my co-guest, co-host, Paul Ryan. I'm Brandon Ward, here to lead you through another episode. We're talking today, continuing our conversation around burnout. We're looking at episode number five, part number five of burnout. And you're probably wondering, what in the hell can you talk about burnout over five, six, seven episodes? Well, in yes. our world, a lot. There's a lot that goes that, into that, it. Because, and it's, it's because it's we're talking about the person who is burned on. out. That, that, yeah, that's, and that's huge because you're talking about the individual was burnt out. You're talking about what's going on with an individual that's led them down that road. Burnout itself is a, is one paragraph. But when you're talking about who is the person who ended up there, why have they ended up there? What's going on inside and what's the path out? Well, that's, that's a whole exploration. So that's a whole exploration. That's, that's why we're on yes. part number five of burnout. Cause there's a whole, that's it. There's a, it's a rabbit hole, if you will. Well, so Last episode, we talked about the redirect and why that's so important. So, Paul, would you want to maybe give the audience just a little refresh on what the redirect was and, and kind of wh where we're leading into and where we're well, going from here? Well, the redirect really was that point where after you've become aware there's a challenge, there's a problem, there's something you have to deal with. And then you move into the decompressed stage where you begin to let the air out of the balloon, you begin to come down from this state of overwhelm, you're moving into a point of recovery. And we talked all about the process of, of, of the decompression and then the lifelong habits you put into a place so you don't end up back up in the mess and uh, in the mess that you're in. And we talked about, it's very much like fitness. You don't go to the gym, you don't lose the weight over a month and then pack it all in. So we spoke about this creating lifelong habits so that you're dealing with the burnout you're in, but you are not going back there. And you will be at times drawn back in that direction because that's life, but you have a set of tools. You have a tool to deal with that. From that point, the redirect is choosing the new path. And I spoke about that point for me of standing, of having this vision of a man who at the time, 30 years older than me, my 70 year old self at the time and seeing the two roads I could potentially walk, walk down. And one was a miserable existence and one was a joyful existence. One was the life I did not want to live that I would regret. One was the life I really wanted to live. 
And the redirect was that moment that I took a step in a new direction. And that requires that you have a vision for the, for the new direction, that you know what you want to do, but it requires that you take that step. And in taking that step, taking the step does not get you, does not take you to your destination. It's a step towards your destination. So the redirect is all about, I'll take one step today, I'll take one step tomorrow. But you, the importance and the reason we emphasize the redirect is because when you have a realization and when you decide you want to change your life and go in a new direction, people get elated by the awareness and people get elated by that. And then they get deflated when mm. a week, mm. a month later, they seem to have made no progress. And the redirect is really important because as long as you understand that, you realize, I mean, I flew to London, back from London yesterday. When the plane took off, I wasn't disappointed that I hadn't landed in London because I know <clears throat> it's a 45 minute flight from, from Dublin to London. So <clears throat> I know, but I haven't landed in, London, in, in Dublin yet, but I am on the way, you know, in 45 minutes, I will be there. I think that's really, that's really important. And the redirect is about that. It's going, the fact that you've taken that step, you're on the way. You may be on a journey that may take several years or longer, but you're never going to get to the destination unless you take those steps and you realize you're making those steps. After, after you've taken that redirect, well, what we want to talk about now is how you begin to get some control over your life because you need to get control over your time, over your attention, over your diary, so that you begin to make the changes that are going to lead you to the destination you're heading towards. I love that. And you know, it's interesting. I love too how you're talking about d depending on where your destination may be and how long of a journey that is, that that's why the value set and some of the things that we talked about in prior episodes is so important to understand what's important to you, what matters, because the bigger the vision that you have, the bigger and, and the, the larger the gap from where you find yourself versus where you want to be, that's the journey, right? And, and being prepared for that can help mentally, but also understanding to your point, all that begins with one step. I was just telling my wife this the other day, you know, she's climbing a mountain with the vision that she has for her, her, her brand and her blog and her site, right? That, that you're winding, imagine, you know, you're winding around this mountain, going up this mountainside. Your goal is to get to the top, the pinnacle of that mountain. Man, that could take you a long time to do that. But it's easy to forget when we're on that journey that so much power comes from that single step each time. And those single steps are what end up compounding over time is into what we define as success. It doesn't happen overnight. And I think, especially, I think being a part of a younger generation, kind of instant gratification, one of the biggest shifts in my life is realizing the power of delayed gratification. I, I haven't really shared this, but I was similar in the sense, Paul, I, but it wasn't related to the business and the way I was running it like yours was. It was more so I saw myself going down a destructive path in the way that I was living my lifestyle. I was drinking too much. I was having, I was being promiscuous sexually. I was out partying all the time. I was spending money on stupid things and I was declining. I was slowly fading. And, and so for me, it was that reflection point of, yeah. is this really the path that I want to go down? What would I be 20 years from now if That's I stay on this path versus what I'm doing now? 
Exactly. And <laughs> when I looked, Paul, what helped me is I was around other entrepreneurs at that time when I realized I didn't want to be like them. You have a friend that was similar, yes, like yes. your buddy we've talked about here, yeah. unfortunately, his very yeah. unfortunate story. I realized that I didn't want to be like these guys who were obsessed with making money. They only cared about money. They never spent time with their family. They were traveling all the time. Their wives were dealing with their kids, but they were never around their kids. Like, I didn't want to be that. And that was before I ever had a family. I just met Ashley. She's changed my life. But the point is, we never make that shift until we recognize where we are, which is where all this starts. And then we move into recognizing this redirect, which leads us into the fourth component of. So we talked initially on right burnout. We talked at I'm the high level. Because I've got okay. some really bad news for your wife. I'm going to go to. Uh -oh. I've got to give this bad news to your wife now. And and I love that she's on this oh journey to, to get to the top of the mountain. And I reckon, I've never met Ashley, and I, I reckon I'm uh, probably at least 20 years older, older than her. And my bad news for her is that there's no top of the mountain. It's not there. <laughs> you just keep going, then you hop, she, don't she's, you? She's going to get there. And then when she's there, she'll arrive to her destination and she'll go, it isn't the top. It isn't the top. So, so that's my, that's my experience is that there is no top. There, there, is, there may mm -hmm. be goals achieved or some version of the goals achieved, but there's never. So my experience in my life has been a series of plus, and that is goals achieved. Mm. And you go, I'm here. Isn't this wonderful? I'm in this beautiful. This is all great. And you mostly get to enjoy that for a period of time and then you go oh oh my god the the, the mist cleared the flip oh, there's more oh, that's the fun one all right oh great enough right on that back at it back at it pack it up that's, that's it and, that's and, it and that's the, it is that's the true. so that's true my experience but the wonderful thing about that and I, we will keep going back to values because they're important about everything if what Ashley is pursuing is something of really hard value to her, then what pulls her forward will be excitement that there's more because the more will, will mean she's growing as a person. And I think the burnout comes from getting to the place, feeling you've achieved something and going, is that all there is? Well, there's more, to, I'm never there. And there's this, there's dissatisfaction because it's a it's because your journey has been about the goal, not about the experience of life. Uh, and when you're achieving exactly. something for the experience, we can all drift into burning out. But when you're achieving something for, because it's important to you and it's the experience of it, that's a whole now. Now you're on a journey, and my expectation is that journey will end when I end, and th th there will never be enough. There will never be enough achieved. There will never be enough of anything made. And that's not saying I don't feel enough. It's that there will always be more to grow. That's my, I will always feel like a, be, like a beginner. I have friends who, a particular friend who's continuously reminding me, I'm not a beginner. And he, because he, he's a martial artist, he goes, Paul, you're a black belt, but you think you're a beginner. And I think I'm a beginner because even when you're a black belt, there's a guy who's a, who's a second down or something and he's 10 years more experienced. That's always mm -hmm. there. So. You know, and it's funny that you say that though, Paul, because I see that as an incredible blessing, man. It's what, a, what an incredible thing to where 
we can work, drive, have these incredible milestones, but then look to realize that there are more things to accomplish, more things to achieve, more things to learn and grow. And that's the fun part about what we're talking about on this show, I think, is is how do you lean in? How do you set that mindset in your life to where that's the way you attack everything in your world? And I think that's what's cool about moving into this next phase of our journey together related to control and getting control of your life, getting control of your diary, as you call it, and and really your journal. It's it's basically setting the the tone for the life that you want to create, where you're moving towards now. And and yeah. something that I've learned is the things that you can't not do, like those things and getting the noise out, like stripping away because I've got shiny syndrome bad sometimes and I've got to be careful with that. So it's like, I think what's cool about this phase that we're going into on this episode is really about kind of cutting away the noise and really driving towards creating, I think in my mind, it's like that kind of heart centered, soul centered way of living, you know, if, if I know you don't have to be a soul believer type person, sure. but we've talked about that creative you don't component have to be a soul to believer, but you've got to feel that there's something deeper and more spiritual that you're moving towards. And that can be just your own personal growth that as far as I'm concerned. But there has, you, you have to feel mm. there's something deeper because if you feel there's something deeper, when you get to the plateau, you will be, you'll rest there for a while. You will be excited to move on. But if you, if, if there's not something exactly. deeper, what are you moving on for? I, when I talk about getting control of your diary, and I simply mean this, this thing here, this is my, happens to be a full focus planner. So there's lots of planners, but this is a tool for me. I know I use a remarkable, I'm, I'm kind of the tech guy. So you're old school. I'm paper. an old time. I'm, I'm an old time. I love my remarkable but, now. But to me, I, I take it with me everywhere. And, and someone said to me, I had it somewhere and someone said, oh, what's that? And my wife said, oh, that's his life. Because literally, literally mm. it is, there, there is everything in it. And it's a diary. It's a planner. It's all of, it's, it's all of these things. But for me, what it is, it's, it's a focal point of my attention. When I take this in my hand and when I sit down with this in a ritual I have once a week, I'm taking time to plan what I have. So a diary, a planner, and you know, what you use Outlook or whatever is a tool, but it's a very, very effective tool. The reason I don't use a digital tool is because I do it for something. But when I have a digital tool, if I don't get stuff done, I just drag it over to next, you can move it forward. I have to handwrite everything in this. So I've had to handwrite up what my goals are for this week. And I get to tick them off when they're done. And then you're normally doing a Sunday evening. So next Sunday evening, when I sit down to plan the week ahead, I have to go back and look. Oh, and I have to rewrite it if I haven't done it. And in the process of rewriting it, why didn't you do it? Is it, is it still important? A lot, of, a, lot, a lot of questions come out. If you've come out of burnout, the one thing that's most important is that you begin to get some control over your time. Now, I'm very fortunate that I pretty much have 100% control over my diary. I don't really have an outside force dictating how I spend my day. And I don't say that in any way to impress people or to brag. I say that to say it's achievable. And whatever chaos someone's life is in, they go, oh, I can't get control of my diary. I will remind them if they've listened to the podcast to my story of sitting at my desk and going, will the ambulance get to me before the heart attack? That's how stressed I, stressed I was. So 
I was in that point of chaos. When you're in that point of chaos, you have zero control over your diary. So I went from that point to a point where I can go, I largely have 100% 100 control over my diary. So if I made that journey, then anyone can make that journey. But you have to start with one step, which is why I go, hey, I have control over my diary. But at one stage, my life was chaos. And so if your life is chaos, it's just where you are right now. It doesn't mean where you, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that's where you have to remain. Yeah. Well, and Paul, I think it's a good reminder too that many of us, when we start this journey kind of back to ourselves, we're in an insanely disordered state. That's usually, as we've talked about in, in this series on burnout, is all that discomfort, all that pain is what actually drive, drives us to make change. So if you're feeling very little control, your life's out of control, you have very control over your time, that's actually the potential slingshot that can provide you the force forward. If you're dissatisfied, if you're struggling, if you're just knowing that so many people have come from a similar place and use that energy into a trajectory to create a life that does, that resonates deeply with who they are, you can do that regardless of how out of control your life may feel right now. And I think that's, that's a great reminder because- You can, but you can't if you don't take that's the what first it's about. step. And so, and that's so what, what you're going to be about. very, very careful of is using the overwhelm or using the chaos of your, of your life as a reason to convince yourself to believe it can't be done. Oh, it's okay for him, but I can't do that. As an, as an excuse. excuse. You have to take the first step. So over the past month, I've had conversation with two business owners, both who I've known for a considerable amount of time. One is older than me and very much <clears throat> now a couple of years beyond the point where he wants to ex exit his business and he still can't exit his business. Now, if he was here, he would explain to you the circumstances of his business, why he can't exit it yet. 10 years ago, when I was having the same conversation with him, he was explaining to me the same reasons why he can't exit the business. Mm. So what I'm thinking, and I'm not sharing because I'm, I, I'm speaking to him in a personal capacity, it's not a professional capacity. You had to be doing something a decade ago so that 10 years later, you could end up in a different situation. If no, we've said this in the last podcast, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So if your mindset and your behavior doesn't change, oh, guess what? You end up in the same situation. In fact, you probably end up in a worse situation. Similarly, <clears throat> recently had a conversation with another business owner who also runs a business, runs a couple of business, and he's also in a point of chaos at, at the moment. But over the past couple of years, Anytime he gets me, he's kind of talking to you about how my business runs. And he has been on the journey of trying to change that. So talking to him over the weekend, I can see now he has a plan. He's be, he can see now he's beginning to put things in place. So he's on the redirect. He's taking the steps. Mm. He's not there yet. Honestly, he's a good distance from being there, maybe a couple of years. But what I said to him is that, We'll have a conversation in five years' time, and you'll be in an extraordinarily different place because the steps he's taking. Mm. So it doesn't matter where you are. The question is, where do you want to be? 
And if you're not taking those first steps, you won't, you, you won't get there. So we're, we're back to referring to what's the dialogue going on inside someone's head. And, and <clears throat> this is why our conversations are all about the inner entrepreneur. It's back to the dialogue. Everyone has a reality that they talk to themselves about and they have real reasons why they can't do what you do. They can't have what you have. And that's the story. And they get very tied into that story. I hope in these conversations that people begin to see that they can possibly create some, something else. It won't be overnight. It will be long-term. It will be hard work. But if they don't start that now, they will never get out of it. And a bit like me looking forward to the man 30 years ahead. If I didn't change something, I would be now, whatever it is, 15 years later, I would be 15 years closer to being that man. Instead, I'm 15 years further mm -hmm. away. I'll never be yeah. that man. So that step is, re is, is really, really important. But the, one of the big, biggest influences on your diary is what you say yes to and what you say no to. I'm going to quote Warren Buffett because I think it's Warren Buffett. It could be Charlie Munger, but I think it's Warren Buffett. And he says something to the effect that success is about saying no to almost everything and yes to almost nothing. So of the, and this is a pure, mm. from everything that's offered, that offered to him, he is saying no to almost everything that's presented to him. And he's saying yes to almost nothing. So in other words, there's a tiny amount of yeses that he's saying. And I think that to get control over your life, your time and your diary, that's where you need to get. You need to move to a point where you're saying no to as many things as you can say no to. People will go, they're overwhelmed. They've lots going on. They can't say no. I'm going to, say, I'm going to call them and go, there's probably lots of things you can say no to. And you're saying no to them probably yep. for two reasons. One is your mindset. You've convinced yourself you're too busy. And the second one probably is that you're afraid to say no because you're afraid of the consequence of saying no. You're afraid of what people think of you. You're afraid of how you will appear. You're afraid of saying no. And for some people saying no is very, very hard. But if you, if you're waiting until no is easy, if you're waiting until you're fearless, you're unafraid, that day will never come. It's never mm -hmm. come. And there, no. there was a book written many years ago called no. feel the fear and do it anyway. So I would say feel the fear and go for it anyway. So start practicing saying, start practicing saying no. I think that's a very good place to start. It's going to feel uncomfortable. Do you know what? So what? Because if you don't start saying no, then you become the victim of other people's priorities, not your own priorities. And guess what? When you are that victim living your life according to other people's priorities, other people's values, that feels pretty shitty. It feels pretty stressful. And you need to change that. And I, that's something you need to change right away. You need to change it now. One, and Paul, that's a leading factor of burnout is you're living true to other people's expectations. You're living up to others, the standards of others. You're, you're the shift away from burnout. And that's what's so important about these steps that we're talking about is you're, you're turning away, saying, learning to say no. If you struggle with this, learning to say no 
allows you to start creating more space in your life for your true desires and values to start taking up that space. Because if we don't, like uh, space abhors a vacuum, right? Anytime we free space, something's going to move into it. So if we're full though, full of the expectations of others, full of the standards of others, full of saying yes to things that we don't truly desire, there's no space for our own inner values and desires to take hold in our life. And effectively, it overrules what we want. And that is a recipe for burnout because you're not living true to who you are. And and before we move on, Paul, Erring, Earl Nightingale, uh, I listened to him, yeah, old no, you know, no. self-help yeah. kind of sales guy, been around. One of my favorite things that he says is, and it's paraphrasing, but ultimately, time is passing yes. anyway. It's and Time is gone. It's gone regardless. So if we're losing time no matter what, why not make the time that we're spending driving towards yes. the things that matter to us most? Because if we say no to the things that we want, yeah. time's gone anyway. It's, it doesn't matter. So if something's going to take you 20 years to build, yes. build it. Start today. Take the step because 20 years is gone regardless. Would you rather yes. have the thing you want most in the world at the end of that 20 years? Or would you rather live with regret for the rest of your I life? I think it's, it's, it's when you think about it, you, you make a very good obvious. point there. And it, is that, you know, when I sat in that chair as a man in my, my early 40s, you know, assuming I, uh, I lived, I was going to get to 70 anyway. So I, I was going to stand someday and be that guy. Question is, which guy was I going to be? I'm going to get there anyway. And the fact that you go, the fact that it takes a long time to be, you know, to build a business, to build wealth, to create the life you want, all of these things, to get out of the mess you're in and get control of your life and your diet. The fact that it takes time is so freaking what? That passes time. And it's exactly like my story of, of the two business owners I spoke to. Those 10 years have passed for that guy anyway. And all he's done in the 10 years is got nowhere. Now he's run a business, but now that business is when he wants to move out of that business and retire have money to do all the things he wants to do. Now he's he he he's gonna he's, he's lived well from the business, but he's gonna exit the business with very very little because he hasn't put that structure in place. It's too late now. The other guy I spoke to, he's building something. He's building something of value. You may go, no, he's got to work for another five years to get there. So what? The five years will pass. He will be there. And the thing about it is, is that what people fail to realize, it's not the destination. You're getting closer all the time. And as I stood in that point and headed to the new light, each day, each week, each month, things were just a little bit better because I was leaving the old road behind. So forget the fact that it's a long, it's a long journey. But, but I think also, why do people struggle to say no? And they struggle to say no because they have placed other people's values above their own. So someone has asked something of them mm. and they've given a priority to what you want as opposed to priority to what they want. Now, when I look at how I was brought up in Ireland as a young boy and, you know, in religion and all these sort of things, we were all always taught to put ourselves last. It was a good thing to put, put other people before you. I would, I would uh, propose to you that it's not, it's a very destructive thing because it leads you to, I'm not saying you don't treat very people very well, 
I hope I'm a nice person. I hope I'm kind, generous, giving. I hope I treat people very well, but I never say yes to stuff I don't want to do. And a friend of mine, many, many years ago, when it was the first time, I'm talking 15 years ago, <clears throat> she came in through our front door and she didn't know us very well, maybe knew my wife or something, but she came down for dinner or something. And at one stage, she said, Paul, she said, I just want to really thank you for bringing us into your home and we appreciate it. I hope it's not too much trouble. And I said to her, you wouldn't be here if I didn't want you to be here. <laughs> and, you know, my wife is going, oh, I can't say that to her. But she, because some people might take offense to that, but she was going, oh, that's wonderful. Because I now know that when I'm in your presence, I, I, when I'm in your presence, you, you watch me there. This same lady and her husband recently visited us, visited us for a week in our home over in, in Spain and they, and they spent a week. So it'd be a lovely time together. But I hope she still remembers that because when people call and they visit some of that, they go, well, I hope I'm not putting you out. But she, she knew, knew come the plane. If Paul didn't want us over here, we wouldn't, we, we wouldn't be coming. So I think there's a simpli there's simplicity that, but it is unusual. And some people think it's... By the way, Paul, that's how I operate too, by the way. I, I've, told, I've told my wife that many a times that I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't want to. I think there's a lot yes. to be said to that though. It's not, it's not that you don't, you're not kind to other people or you don't help people. But when you're, when you're just doing things out of obligation, that's not true service. You're not actually honoring somebody with your presence by being present because you're choosing to. You feel like you have to. An obligation is not service. No. And the thing about it is, I don't you think. might ask me to do, you might say, hey, Paul, could you help me with this? And I would need half a day of your time. Could you help me with this? It might be inconvenient for me to help you. It might be, oh, that's awkward. But I might go, do you know what? Brandon really needs my help. He's my friend. I'm going to do this. Now I'm choosing. So it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, it doesn't suit me. I don't completely do it. But then when I turn exactly. up, it's not, oh yeah, I have to rearrange things, but I chose to do this and I want to be here and I want, it. so it's not that we be complete, completely selfish, but equally I could go, I hear you, Brandon, but I can't do it next week because it just, it just doesn't work for me. But I think we, it, there's a real fundamental point here. If you're going to get control of your diary and you're going to say no, you have to start putting yourself first. So you come from, I'm going to say maybe a religious or family or cultural background. You go, oh no, I oh no, I can't do that. I, ha I have to put other people first. Question, where has that got, gotten you? Has that gotten you to burnout, to overwhelm, to stress, to a chaotic life? If that's where it's gotten you, it obviously hasn't gotten you to a good place. It's obviously not good for you. You're not doing yourself, you're not doing yourself any damage. The analogy is always used sitting in an airplane and going, you know, if you've children with you, that's fine, but put your own oxygen mask on first because you cannot take care of someone else if you're, if you're dying. So you have to look after yourself. You have to, you have to, if people don't like that, so what is all I have to say? So what if people don't like that? But it comes back to values and everything we say comes back to values because if you don't know what you value, if you're not 
planning your time and your life in accordance with your values, then you don't have a hierarchy of priorities. So when someone else brings their priorities to you, you're just, you're, you're just unclear. Now, I am very focused. We spoke about my values last time. I'm very focused on my values. I know why they're important to me. I know what I want to do. So I have a huge priority on how I spend my time. I also realize my time is, is, is hugely limited. I only have so many years, decades, hopefully, left on the planet. But it's really, but it's really, really limited. And so I simply don't waste my time on stuff that's not high priority to me. I use the example to people as if you've taken your kiss to Disneyland. And we have a Disneyland in Paris, which is easier to get to the flights about an hour and 20 minutes. And when our kids were young, every year, we used to go for three days to Disneyland in Paris. We loved it. And it was great after a while because we knew exactly where to go. But my analogy was to be everyone, you know, everyone loves Disneyland. So if I drop you in Disneyland and go, you've only got half a day and you know, you need three days in Disney. You only got half a day. What are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to sit and go, okay, guys, we have four or five hours here. We need to do, we can only get four things done. What? Okay. I'd love to do all the other stuff, but what? Okay. Let, so you're going to come in and you're going to focus exclusively on what you're, on what you're doing. You're going to do the things you really, really want to do. You're going to walk by a lovely store at Disney selling all the stuff and it looks attractive or they're selling donuts. You're not going to get distracted by that. Might be nice, but if you do that, you're not going to get to do the high priority things. I mean, it really is as simple as that. You understand what your priorities thing is. You go, I have a list of personal priorities. My time is enormously limited. I'm going to use it as effectively as I can. And it's like the Nightingale, what's his name? Earl Nightingale. Earl Nightingale. The same thing, the time is going to pass anyway. Are you going to use it? Are you going to use it effectively? If you don't understand your values, that's going to be difficult. So you really have to sit there and go, what's important to me? What's, what's, what's important to me? What am I devoting my life to? When someone comes in then and, and, and wants you to do something else or you feel obliged to do something else, you have a point of reference. You go, well, here's my values. Does this match my values? And if it doesn't, I'm spending time on something that may be high in other people's priorities. If it's high in other people's priorities, they tend to think it should be high in, on your priorities too, and they will make you feel guilty for not wanting to do it. But when you get very clear on your own priorities, now you're going, this is what I need to do with my time. This is how I need to spend my limited lifetime, my limited time on this planet. I don't have time for anything else. I'm very narrow-minded on this. I'm very focused on this point, but I've yet to be convinced that any other approach makes sense. Why on earth would I waste my life doing stuff that I simply don't want to do? I can see no reason why you would. But if you don't know what you want to do, you're going to very easily get sucked and drift into that. Well, because you're going to be living true to whatever everybody else's values are. Because you can bet your bottom dollar, Paul, the people that are clear on what matters to them, what their priorities are, they are going to force and direct the people around them that don't yes. have that level of clarity and certainty. And, and, and that is true, extremely true at a societal cultural level too. It's, it's true in communities, families. So if you're not clear on that, then society, culture, wherever you may around. find yourself has a strong propensity to just throw you around, whatever it is. 
you're you're a rudderless ship at sea. That's ultimately where we become. And from my perspective, Paul, and I love that you said this because if we don't do that, we're actually dishonoring our own existence. We're 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 negating the integrity and power that each of us hold because all of us hold power as individuals. We all carry these individuals, these individual values within us. I'm a believer that there's a spark of creation in each of us. And when we don't honor that spark of creation, we're turning away from what we're on the planet to do. And so it may feel nice, maybe momentarily, to do what you feel obliged to do. But if you do that over a lifetime, you're negating your true purpose and place of existence by dishonoring your values and, and what matters. And so that's why I love that this is the focal point of this because the the first step to living life true to your own values is practicing saying no. And you can do it in an honorable way. It doesn't mean you have to be rude to people. You don't have to be mean or anything. You can simply say, you know what, I'm busy or, hey, you know what, I'm actually not interested. It's cool that you like to do that, but I prefer not. I'm going to do something else. But we can circle up and meet again or do something else. Like there's nice ways you can say no and move on and honor the also, other as well. People, after a period of time, people get used to that. They become familiar with that. So people know. I had to train my buddies in college, dude. I got tired of going out, Paul. Eventually they started to realize like, if we're going to ask Brandon to do something, then it needs to yes. be something that he's interested in. He's not interested in partying yeah. like he once was. So now to your point, you yeah. kind of start to. You can change you the can expectations, change the ex right? expectations. And certainly that was something I did. I will say this. When I started doing this as a much younger man, I, was, I, w I wasn't as polite and nice about it as I could have been. I was maybe a bit rude about it. But that, but that was partly my insecurity. So because it was difficult for me, mm -hmm. I had to be boisterous about saying no. And... The more centered you become in yourself and the more calm you become in yourself, you can say, you can gently say no and respectfully say no. And if people get that or they don't get that, well, I don't control what's rolling around your head. So I, I, won't, worry too, I won't worry too much about it. I mean, if anyone spends time looking inside their own mind, they realize it's chaos. So if your own mind is a chaotic, crazy place, why would you worry about what's going on in someone else's mind? So you can't be worrying what people think of you. The, the, the whole prioritization for me, really, the aha moment for me was, I'm trying to think, my eldest son is 29 years of age. So probably, so I mean, it's at least, maybe it's 25 years ago, I don't know. So I, so we went with a couple of kids at the time. So I, I come home one afternoon and my wife goes, I'm thinking we, the kids are on midterm break in whatever, three or four weeks time. And I'm thinking we'll do this. We'll go here. She's a great plan. And it sounds great. It sounds wonderful. And I, my family and my highest priority for me to spend time with the kids was something I really, really wanted to do. I went to my diary and I had one meeting in the middle of that week. But it was a re really, really important meeting. It was a business meeting. And the business obviously high in my values as well. So I couldn't cancel the meeting. Very important guy was coming over, strategic to our business. I had to meet him. I had to be there. 
I couldn't just snub him and, and, uh, and not do the meeting. So I had to say to my wife, we can't do that trip. We can't do the holiday. I have to be home and I have to att attend that meeting. So she wasn't very happy about, about that. I wasn't very happy about that. But I tend to only make those sort of mistakes once. So I thought about it a lot. And the stupidity of it was, I could have said no to that meeting. I, at that point, I probably couldn't. But initially, when I was asked about the meeting, it would have been easy to go do it the following week, do it the week after. So I went back to my wife after I thought about it because I thought, never again do I want to be in a situation where I prioritize something over my family. So I went back to my wife and I talked about it. And she showed me that she get, she, we get this calendar from the school every year. And the calendar shows all the kids. Uh, days off, holidays, events. <clears throat> so soon, so the kids will go back to school in September. As soon as this year calendar came out, I sat down, my planner, and I marked it all out. And I went, you know, kids, whatever, you know, kids' holidays, I put them all in, marked every kid's holidays in. The school events, everything was put in my diary. Now, that didn't mean that I did all of those things. That didn't mean that I took the same amount of holidays as my kids were taking. But what it meant was I never put anything else in the diary for that time. In other words, it may be a week where the kids are off. And if someone asked me to go, hey, can you meet Can you just that week, I would go, I think I might be away that week. Let me check. And I'd go to my wife and go, are we? And if we were doing something, I could go back and go, sorry, I can't meet you that week. Can we do it the following week? So that was a real aha moment for me. Help. And it, it, it brought home to me the importance of prioritizing and planning way in ahead and scheduling out my time. Never after that did my wife come and go, can we do a family holiday? Then I wasn't available. I was always available after that. I'm just very fortunate that that landed on me 20, 25 years ago and not too much later when I'd wasted so many years. Also in knowing my priorities, and I, if you'd asked me then, family were most important to me, but I couldn't have laid out my values as clearly as I, I can, uh, can then. But now looking back, I realized there was that clear understanding that <clears throat> these things are really important to me. And they don't just happen automatically. This is the getting control of your diary. You have to begin to look at your diary as I do at the beginning of a week or a month or whatever. And we go, what's really important to me? What are the musts? What must I have? What must I be doing? And getting those into your diary, whatever time of the day, night you do it, getting those in and making them non-negotiable and not allowing anyone else having control over that over you. If that means today your control is, you know, one hour a week, <clears throat> one hour a day, I mean, that is a great place to start. If it's 15 minutes a day, you're going to mm -hmm. give yourself, I don't really care. But if you do yep. that, you're building the muscle, you're building, you're building the momentum, you're taking the step forward in that redirect. If your goal is, I would love to wake up someday and go, I have 100% control over my diary. My time was my own. You will get there. But start with five minutes a day. Start with however small. And build, and it will, it, it yep. will build. And you know, Paul, I love that too, because you're looking at really it's blocking, calendar blocking, time blocking, 
you're setting your priorities for what matters to you and you're making them known to everyone around you. That's why it's one, understanding yeah. what those things are. And then two, it's communicating to the people around you that matter. Hey, this is what I'm doing on this day. That day's not available. Like as an example, I have a, a two-year-old <laughs> daughter. We've talked about her before on the show. I do, I co-parent with my wife. We, it's not, my, my right. wife is a stay-at-home mom. She's got a blog that she's building, but she yep. does the primary care. I've been the primary earner in our family, but I have mornings with her. I put her down in the evenings. All that stuff's on my calendar. <laughs> I've left really good jobs in the past because they weren't honoring my need to spend with my family. The ability to just go out and pick my daughter up from school at lunchtime is something that matters a lot. Unless we put that stuff on our calendar, unless we set those priorities, unless we anchor them, we never, we, we, again, we become very whimsical to the demands around us. And the world is a demanding place, Paul, especially as entrepreneurs and, and business people, as the, as you grow, the more successful you become, the more asks will come your way. So if you're building a business right now and you have this vision that you're driving towards, even if you're, even if you've taken that step and you are building towards the vision you want, if you don't have the ability to exercise this muscle to say no, it just gets harder because the bigger you become, the more requests, the more people are, are wanting from you. So having this skill, it's truly a like, skill. I, like that's I think what it's, a skill. It's, it's a, a skill. How would you and the first time, by the way, the first time someone asks you to do something and you say no, it feels really uncomfortable. It feels really uncomfortable. The second time it feels really uncomfortable. You will get to a point where it doesn't feel uncomfortable, but you're going to have to put in a hundred reps before you get to that point. Do the work. Do the work. It's a bit like you're talking about your buddies in college. People will get to know you and they'll go, hey, Brandon's a nice guy, but you want to go out and do this, <clears throat> go personal, all night, get drunk. He's just not interested in that anymore. And they'll get to know, but someone will respect you and someone won't. So what? I mean, the, the ones that respect you, that your true friends, then they continue as friends. The ones that are no longer interested in you because you don't live the lifestyle, that's fine. Respect them, move on. That. And Paul, that happened. Those guys that I, I started setting those boundaries because yeah. I changed, I changed. We're still yeah. friends. I was, I, I, I'm in a chat group with those guys today. Like they're still my buddies. And, and the cool thing about it too, and this is something we forget. And I, I don't want to interrupt you here because I think it's important where you're going. But the, when we start to do this, we actually become an example now for others to potentially follow. Because when we do it in an honorable way, we can say, hey, you don't have to go out and waste your life. You don't have to do silly things. If you prefer to stay home and read a book, man, you can do that. If you want to spend your time delaying gratification, you can do that. Build a business. That's an honorable thing. And your friends and family, the people that really value, will look to you and go, wow, man, he's yeah. really doing it. Like, maybe I can do this. Maybe maybe what I've been thinking and feeling yeah. is possible. So there, it's not just protecting your own integrity, which is super crucial, but it's more so giving yourself the chance to set a new standard in your life that, that others can follow and, and learn you and know you as you truly are. Because if this is who we really are, driven from our internal values, that's the truest and most fullest expression of who we are. And we only want to be around people that love that version exactly. of ourselves anyway. And the thing about it is, I think your point yeah. is really well made because ultimately everyone 
wants to be the person who says yes to what they want to do and no to what they don't want to do. Everyone wants to be that person. Exactly. Almost no one is, but everyone wants to be that person. So when you become that person, they will mock you, criticize you, challenge you initially because you're breaking away from the norm and fundamentally you're demonstrating that you have the courage to do something that they do not have the courage to do. So be, be an example to them. Do it. Everyone, everyone would love to say no when they don't want to, when they don't want to do something. That's just obvious. I mean, to me, everyone lives as if they have unlimited time. Oh, they do. And then most of us will die having wasted that time. I, you know, when you, when you lose people, friends, or even see people pass away, and I always try to make sense of it. And I can't, obviously you can't make sense of, of tragedy and you can't make sense of loss. So. When I get to the end of my days, and hopefully that's a very long time away, but when I do, the only thing, I only sense I can make is that I live the best life I could live. And I don't live the best life I could live living your version of it. Because that would be your life. Mm -hmm. That would be what you should do. I don't get, I I don't get to live the best life using your, I only get to do it my own. But you only get one. I mean, I mean. This, this train is going one way. You only get one ride. You don't get, you don't get to do repeats. You don't get to live it again. You don't get second chances. So why anyone would waste their life doing stuff they don't want to do? I cannot fathom. I cannot make sense of it. Now people listen to me go easy for you to say, but I have to do stuff. I don't, I, I, I don't want to do. By the way, I get that. There was a time in my life when I had to do stuff I don't want, I didn't want to do. Well, I'll rephrase that. I chose to do stuff I didn't want to do because I was in a, situ- I was in a situation where I had a young family. <clears throat> I was in a business that was making me very, very unhappy, but I needed to provide for family. And I chose to do stuff I didn't want to do. But I was on the redirect. Once I became aware, I was going, I'm choosing to do stuff I really wish I didn't have to do. I wish then I had the life I have now, but I'd made a redirect. I was taking steps closer to it and steps closer to it. So that's the encouragement is don't, don't play the game of telling yourself, oh, I can't, don't, can't get control over my diary. What can you get control over? Bring your energy, your attention, and your focus onto what you can control, what you can influence and start doing that. And I think that's, that's key. What you, Paul, real quick, real quick before you, I want to say something because I think it's important when you're talking about the distinction between I have to do something versus choosing to do the thing that I have to do. We never have to do anything. I don't have to pay taxes. I don't have to be a father to my daughter. I don't have to be loyal to my wife. I don't have to do any of that stuff. I don't have to pay rent. We don't have to do any of that. We choose to do that. Now we, we choose to honor our obligations. Those things may not be what we want to be doing, but I think it's important because we always have the power of choice no matter where we find ourselves. And if we're in a lot of have to do things, you're still choosing to do those things. 
and we can adjust them over time, especially if there are obligations that we honestly have to honor if we want to honor our family or our life to be an honorable person. Sometimes you have to do that. But at the end of the day, none of those things are have-tos, Paul, right? We're choosing to do them. And I think that's the important thing here is taking your power with any situation. We're not powerless no matter where we may find ourselves. And over time, we can get out of doing those have-tos and more in the cho- like the want-tos. But sometimes when we're climbing out of a hole, it's a whole hell of a lot of doing things that we have to do in the moment to get to where we want to be, though. Because if we want to live this life that we're envisioning, that other like that we dream about, we have to be willing to do the things that most people aren't willing to do. And sometimes that can be painful, discomforting, and challenging. But that's how we build extraordinary lives. I, what, well, what do you yeah, think about I'm, that? I think you're entirely right. And it's all about perspective. Certainly, when I realized, you know, the business was not a good place for me to be in it, and it was causing me a lot of pressure and stress, I sat with a choice of do I, and my initial choice was I leave, I walk away. That was my first choice to walk away. And then I realized there was another choice. And the other choice, choice was to turn the business into something I loved instead of something I hated. So turn the business into something that reflected how I wanted to live my life. And at the time it reflected the exact opposite. And that's the path I chose. But in the short term and in the medium term, it was the hard path because when you run a business and it's the size of a business, you don't go in and change that overnight. None of us do. These things take, take time. So the easier mm-hmm. option for me in the short term was to go get out, walk away, be done. That would have immediately released a huge amount of stress for me. But we spoke in the last uh, episode about what saved me was, was, was the ability to decompress, meditate, etc., and the ability to think. And when you, when you bring both of those things to a problem, so you don't make those decisions in a state of stress. You make those decisions from a position of calm. So you calm yourself through your the methods you use, and then you begin to think and you think on paper and you begin and you get a logical thing. And so once I'd taken the stress away for a moment, I realized, well, okay, if you walk away from the business, wow, you're going to feel great. And you're going to feel great because all the pressure's gone, but eventually a new pressure will arise and the pressure will be, you still have to pay your mortgage. Still have to provide for your family. You still have to raise three children. So those pressures will emerge. Now, I think in our first episode we spoke about this is that you're exchanging one pressure for another. And I, I, I would have, you know, why confuse the fact that I had a profitable business making me a very good income? I was just miserable. Two separate challenges. Can we deal with those? Let's not confuse the two. And we spoke with this mm-hmm. before. <laughs> so the ability to decompress, the ability to think clearly allowed me to go. Okay, hold a sec. The harder road would be to step back and see if I can go in and change this business into a culture that I can work with. And then if I can eventually work myself into a non-operational role so that I can get to, to run the business in a way that suits me creatively and suits my personality. But I knew that was going to be a long, hard road. But, the, but at least in a hard road, I was going to get to continue to run a successful business and provide for my family. So I thought, Okay, let's do that. So I was getting out of bed in the morning, not in control of what, not, not necessarily in control of my diary and certainly not doing what I wanted to do every day, but I was doing what I chose to do. 
every day. And the big difference is when you go in, you go, <clears throat> I am now into this for the next several years. A lot of it's going to be shitty, but I've chosen this path. Now, there's the big distinction, which is what I'm rambling on to get to you, use the analogy of being in the hole. If you're just a bit scrambling around the hole, it's miserable. If you look up and you see the light and you go, I'm a hundred feet down, but there's a rusty old ladder and climbing up that ladder is going to be miserable. It's going to be sore. My hands are going to be filthy. And, but you know what? With each step I'm close, now you're not looking at the ladder, you're looking at the light. And now you go, it's a completely different experience. But if you're just looking at, the, at climbing the ladder, and your entire folks that you go, this is my life climbing the ladder. Instead of going, for the next hundred steps, I'm climbing this. Do you know what? But with each step, the lights be getting bigger because I'm coming close to the top. So you can feel the breeze coming yeah, from the hole. Like you can get a vision, sense of the light, the right? And, and the big difference mm. there is the vision. So when you create a vision for your life, when you understand what your values are, you go, this is what I'm moving forward. So the gift I was given that day in London, whatever it was, 15 years ago, was I saw both ends. I saw both destinations. So I clearly mm. saw the life the new me could live. That was the light out of the hole. I clearly saw that. And my eyes were focused on that. And then it was, I actually don't care how difficult the climb is because I'm never becoming that guy and I'm becoming this guy. So... I would encourage people, if we're not saying, you know, from tomorrow, don't do what you don't want to do. You live a real life. But from tomorrow, start saying no to things that you can say no to and increase that continually. Have a vision for your life. Go, you know, this is where I'm going and I'm going to edge a little bit closer every day. I think the overarching theme from today's show is learning to say no like understanding your values yeah. first, like starting to get clarity on those values, what matter. That's us taking control of our lives, right? That's taking yeah. control over the wheel and then learning to say no to the things that don't align with our values. Now, that doesn't mean overnight, like you said just now, that we throw out obligations and we only do things that we want to do. That would cause chaos. way more pain yes. than it would help. Yeah. The, the goal here for the show is that we're trying to help us navigate chaos and create more order in our life internally, right? Mm -hmm. As an entrepreneur, to get away from the chaotic state that so many of us live in. I think the theme that goes through all of this is that, you know, <clears throat> Google productivity, which is a word I hate, but Google productivity, Google had to use my planner, my diary, all this sort of stuff. It's all great. And guess what? We're not talking about that because all of this, the saying no, our conversations are all about the inner entrepreneur. <laughs> And saying no, saying no is easy. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's a very easy thing to say. What's the hard part? Having the courage. Having the courage to say no, it's extremely difficult. And having the courage to say, having to say no to what's unimportant to you and having the courage to say yes to what's important to you. That's difficult. <clears throat> Guess what? This, this episode, this podcast series is not a panacea. This, this is saying, yes, it is difficult. So what? It was difficult for everyone. It was difficult for everyone. So shut up complaining about the fact it's difficult. Yes, we know. 
Yes, <laughs> yeah. we know that. Lifting weights is difficult. And the first time it's almost impossible, six months later in the gym, you go, uh, you know, and you're increasing your weights every, every, every three or four sessions. So, yeah, we know it's difficult and we're not interested in hearing you complaining about it. Recognize <laughs> that fact. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. If, you, if, if, yeah. if, if people came away from this episode, I'll finish now going, what am I going to say yes to? What am I going to say no to? If they wrote those down this week, what am I going to say yes to? What am I going to say no to? And if they took a note going, it will feel uncomfortable, but I will do it anyway. Full stop. I'm done. I mean, it, we can't do much time. else at the end of the day. We can just leave <laughs> it's it for like, feel this is, so what? this that's the, I'm not, I'm not yep. interested in that. Embrace the D- suck. You know, don't, don't come back in their feed, but going, it was hard. Don't, yes, we know it was hard. You were t- it's going to be hard. Yeah. That's not a reason not to do it. <laughs> yes. Because the answer to that will be yes and yeah. what? Nobody, nobody so, And so what? Yes and? Yes. No, because it, it, it is. Your point, Paul, it's hard no, for all of us. It was hard That's... for you when you, ha- when, you, when you recognize my life needs to change around. It was hard for you. But, yeah. but the consequences are you now have the life and the family you have now. You, had you stayed on the path, you would not have the family you would not have the life you have now what do you want and, and and i'm the same so it's it's hard to say no but your life becomes so much harder if you don't exactly that's why we're encouraging you to to make the conscious decision to embrace that challenging path and align yourself towards that's the life you want to live because time is going to pass anyway and it's, it's hard, hard regardless. regardless so why not make it the good get over right? get on with the it, way you want create the life you like to live that's it that's it there we go there we Let's go i feel like that's a pretty that's much a wrap right there that's until a wrap right week. there i love it really? <laughs> until next week <laughs> that's fantastic well look so for next week we will we'll finish, finish up finish our the rest. we're going to tie in a little bit here we got to yeah. with control and then dial into yep. the fifth piece here to to getting to kind of overcoming yep. burnout and then we're going to do a Perfect. recap episode any feedback comments like we want to hear we want to hear your thoughts are if you have questions if you have if you have ideas for future episodes or things that you would like us to talk about or cover yep. we'd love to hear from you on what that is because ultimately paul and that's i are here to serve at the end of the day that's why we're here so thank you well i appreciate you paul my pleasure i'll Take see you care. next week buddy cheers everyone Thank you for listening to The Inner Entrepreneur. If you found value in our content, please consider liking, sharing, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We appreciate your attention and take care.